Y'all may be seated. If you have a Bible with you or maybe on one on your phone, you can go ahead and open it to uh, John chapter 1. I'm not going to speak long today, but I do want to talk to you a little bit uh, from God's Word about the, the meaning of Christmas and some things that we can take with us into our Christmas celebration. I want to remind you of a couple things. Uh, one, we will have Christmas service tomorrow. It'll be a different service than what you're experiencing now, but there'll be Christmas service tomorrow at 11 a.m., and uh, we're going to be featuring some baptisms in that service along with the taking of the Lord's Supper. So I hope that if you're able that you'll be here with us tomorrow morning as we celebrate Christmas too. Uh, we have various props around the room for you to take some family Christmas pictures with. And so uh, feel free after the service to take pictures. In fact, we have the world's largest wreath, I think, that you can use as a frame to almost get your entire family in that thing back here in the back. So, so take some pictures. If you're on social media, tag us and then say what a great time you had at church, okay? And uh, that always helps us as well with that. How many of you are traveling for Christmas? How many are traveling for Christmas? Uh, how many are you are here from out of state? Do we have anybody from out of state? Okay, what's, what's the farthest we have? Tell, what states do y'all come from back there? Arkansas. Anybody farther than Arkansas? New York. Okay, we're getting on out there now. New York City. <laughs> anybody else? Anybody further than New York? Okay, New York City wins, so uh, she gets uh, uh, some cranberry gel uh, for, for being the farthest person. Well, uh, you know, traveling is a big part of Christmas. I, I came across a story the other day about a serviceman by the name of Anthony Foster who had served in Kuwait, served in Afghanistan, also served in Colorado, and uh, he, he got to come home for Christmas. And so he showed up at Oak Brook Elementary and surprised his eight siblings. You thought you had a big family. Yeah, eight siblings. And this serviceman come back, and we all love to hear those stories of people coming home for Christmas because it's one of the big themes of Christmas. And it's interesting to me when you think about the Christmas story as to how many people were away from home at Christmas. We think about Mary and Joseph. You know, they grew up there in Nazareth, and then they had so much life change take place. The angel comes, and Mary conceives the child, and then they go through the scorn of having to tell the community that they are with child, and I would imagine that many people in that community did not understand. We had a man here last night who spoke to us who grew up in Nazareth, and he said there were probably about 400 people in Nazareth whenever Mary and Joseph were there, and most of them probably didn't understand or didn't believe Mary, and so they went through all that uh, conflict, and then they had to go to Bethlehem, and they, she had to ride a donkey up and down the mountains uh, while being pregnant, and then she goes into labor, and then there's not a nice place for her to stay, and so she winds up giving birth to her firstborn son in a stable away from home alone. It was probably cold. Can you imagine how she and Joseph must have felt despite the joy of what was happening? It was a time of great hardship away from home. And then you think about the shepherds. These poor guys, they had to work Christmas. Nobody likes to work on Christmas. That was a joke, but nobody likes to work on Christmas. They're out in the field watching these sheep. They're away from their family. Perhaps they could look out over the fields and see the smokes of the fire and think to themselves, I sure would like to be in front of the warm fire and there with my family, but here I am away. And then you had the wise men. These men from the east, they were probably astrologers. You know what? I don't think that they actually worshipped the god 
of the Bible, but the God of the Bible used the star to speak into their world. And this is one of the great things about God, is He speaks into our world, and then He draws us out of where we are to where we should be. And He brought these wise men away from their uh, probably Zoroastrianism, their, their, their astrology worship, and He brought them to Jesus and they become a part of the story of God. And then we have Jesus. You may not think about this very often, but Jesus left home. He was away from home that first Christmas. He comes to earth, and it's going to be a long time before Jesus returns back to home. And while Jesus was here on earth, let's think about his journey. He's conceived in Nazareth, and then uh, they take a trip to Bethlehem, and he's born in Bethlehem. Then shortly after he's born, he's taken to Jerusalem, and there he's dedicated. And then after the wise men's visit, you, you, well, after a little bit, you find Jesus and Mary and Joseph fleeing to Egypt. We hear a lot of stories about refugees on the news. Did you know that Jesus was a refugee? Jesus, Mary, and Joseph had to leave their homeland and go to Egypt because they were afraid for their lives. And Jesus' early months were spent there in Egypt. Well, then he's brought back to Nazareth. He's raised in Nazareth. Eventually, he grows up. He leaves the carpenter shop. He becomes a minister, and he becomes a great healer and a great teacher in Galilee. But that wasn't his life's mission. His life mission took him to Jerusalem, where there were people that didn't love him, that didn't like him, but there were also many that saw him as the great Messiah. And you remember the great entry into Jerusalem on the Passion Week where they cry out, Hosanna, Hosanna, and they, they lay their robes before Jesus and they welcome him as the king, as the triumphant Messiah. And everybody was excited that Jesus was coming into Jerusalem. And then just a few days later, Jesus walks outside of the walls of Jerusalem carrying a cross upon his back after the people had shouted, crucify him, crucify him. The whip, the nails, the thorns, these were the things that welcomed Jesus to the grave. But I want you to know the grave could not contain Jesus. He went to the grave and back, and, and then he was ready to go back home. It was only then that he was ready to ascend. I grew up in a family of five. I have two older sisters. On December 25th or 26th, whenever we get together as a family, there's going to be 15 of us. Kind of like, how did that happen? You know, we started out with five, and then we left, we got married, we had more kids, and whenever we come back home, there's 15 of us coming back home. That's how it's supposed to work. Families grow, and, and whenever families grow up and they become adults, and whenever they come back home, they bring with them an entourage. I tell my family, with all the kids we have now, we don't come to visit. We invade, you know. You just better be prepared because it's an invasion when we walk in the door. Well, when Jesus went back to heaven, he was not alone. His family had grown. He brought those that believed with him. If you have your Bibles open, John chapter 1 and verse 1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was what? God. So Jesus was not created in Bethlehem. Jesus has always been, is, and always will be. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was not only with God the Father, but the Word was God. He's eternal. And then verse 4 says, life was in him, and that life 
was the light of men. Zoe, spiritual life was in him, and that life that was in him was the light of men so that you and I do not have to continue to live and abide in darkness. The life that was in Jesus came into this world. He intervened into our scene so that we might be redeemed, and the life that is in him is the light of men. You don't have to live in darkness Christ came so that you might live in light. Verse 9 says, The true light who gives light to everyone was coming into the world. You see these lights of Christmas here in the room and around the, around the community? Every time we see the lights of Christmas, it ought to remind us of the true light that is Jesus Christ who came into the world. And one of the great things that I love about verse 9 is it says, the true light who gives light to everyone. You see, the message of Jesus is not contained to just a select few who are lucky enough to win the cosmic lottery. The light of Jesus shines into this world and the darkness is pierced in such a way that the gospel can come near to any man, woman, boy, or girl. The light shines into the darkness. The darkness cannot contain it. And the true light that gives light to everyone has come into the world. And then look at verse 12, because verse 12 is talking about you and it's talking about me. But to all who did receive him, to all who received him, to all who welcomed him, to all who uh, accepted Christ into their life, into their heart, and they received his message and who he is. He gave them right to be children of God to those who believe in his name. Children of God. In other words, you can be part of the family of God. When Jesus goes back home, he's not going back home alone. He's going back home with a bunch of other children. And who are the children of God? Who are they? The verse tells us. Those who believe in his name. You see, Jesus came and he did much more than just say, hey, behave better. Jesus didn't just say, here's a few things that you need to follow and these are my teachings and and you follow those teachings and then, then you're okay. No, Jesus said, you need to believe in me. Because, see, you need somebody to do for you what you can't do for yourself. You need someone to die for your sins and to bring forgiveness to your soul. And so Jesus said, believe in me. John 1 and verse 14 is probably the greatest Christmas verse in the entire Bible. The Word became flesh and took up residence among us. Now remember, in the beginning was the what? The Word was with God and the Word was? So the Creator, the one that has always been, took on flesh, became a man. He took up the image of man. He took up a body. He became fully man and fully God, and he took up residence among us. You want to see what God is and what God looks like? Look at Jesus. Hebrews says he is the radiance of God's glory. Whenever we see Jesus, we see God. He took up residence among us. He got a Bethlehem, Jerusalem, Nazareth zip code, and we observed his glory, the glory as the one and only Son From the Father, full of grace and truth. Not only does Christ bring the truth, but he also brings the grace. Because here's the hard, cold fact about the truth. You can't handle the truth. You can't measure up to the truth of God. You can't be good enough to earn God's love. God doesn't love you because of your loveliness. He loves you through Christ because of his graciousness. And Christ comes to us full of not just truth, but also grace. 
In him there is forgiveness for our past, there is purpose for our present, there is hope for our future. Jesus left heaven and came to earth alone, but it was never his intent to come home alone. He invites you to be a part of the family. And so I ask you today, where are you on your Christmas journey? As you look at the nativity scene, who do you relate to the most? Some of you might relate to Mary and Joseph. In your life, you're trying to be spiritually faithful. You're trying to do the right thing. You're trying to experience the true joy of Christmas and the true meaning of Christmas. I mean, after all, you got up on Christmas Eve and came to church at 11 a.m., right? So you're like, man, I'm trying hard. Well, let me, let me encourage you on something. All the activity, all the stuff, making sure everything's just perfect, all that's good. I'm not saying you don't need to try hard. But the joy of Christmas is not going to be found in stuff. The joy of Christmas is going to be found in Jesus Christ. Celebrating Him and also celebrating the people that He's brought into your life that you love. It's the raw joy that Paul spoke about that comes not from what you have, but who you have. And so I want to encourage you to find the peace of Christmas by remembering who it is that you love and celebrating the fact that they're with you. Now, some of you might relate to the nomadic shepherds. You've come to Christmas service because you're here to see family, and maybe you grew up with church, maybe you grew up with a little bit of God, but you've kind of wandered. Perhaps even you can look back in a time where, where you were close to God. Maybe it was at camp. Maybe it was whenever you were a teenager, a child. Maybe when you were baptized, and you remember whenever you were close to God, but somewhere along the way, you've wandered out into the field, and you've kind of done your own thing, and you're away from home. Christmas is a time where you come home, not just physically, but you come home spiritually. And I challenge you this Christmas, if you become that wandering shepherd who has kind of been living life on your own terms, come home to God. Allow Him to make you alive spiritually. Now, some of us in the room, you may be like the wise men. You're a spiritual seeker. You come here today, One of the things that I've learned about everybody that walks in the door, there's a story. There's a story going on in your life. Some of you are going through good times right now. Some of you are really hurting. Everybody that walks in this door has a story. And some of you might right now be spiritual seekers. And you're wondering, where are the answers? Where are the answers that I need in my life? There's a part of me, there's a God-sized hole in me. And I'm needing God to do something. I invite you to come home for Christmas. You say, well, how do I come home for Christmas? Remember John chapter 1 and verse 12, it said, believe in His name. Has there ever been a time where you believed in the name of Jesus and you went from being a seeker of God to a child of God? And you embraced the gift of Christmas, Jesus Christ. If that's where you are today, I want to encourage you to make today your moment. We've been having some really cool stuff happen around our church the last few weeks. We've been having adults give their lives to Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. Tomorrow morning, I'm baptizing two men who over the past seven days have given their lives to Jesus Christ. And I invite you today, there's never been that time in your life to make this your moment where you embrace Christmas gift 
Jesus Christ. Would you be so kind as to bow your head? Has there ever been that time where you embraced Christ as Savior and Lord? If there hasn't, I want to invite you right now to just call out to God and say, God, I've done things that are wrong and I need your forgiveness. God, I need you. I open up my heart and ask you to invade my soul. And I am trusting in Jesus Christ as my Savior, as my Lord. God, save me today and change me from the inside out so that I can be spiritually alive and I can see the world through your eyes. I'm tired of living life on my own terms. I come to you. I bow my head before you. And I place my trust totally in you. May this be my day of salvation. Pray that prayer in the name of Jesus. Our heads are still bowed around the room. And I'm not going to call you out. I'm not going to embarrass you. But I'd like to know something. If today is your day of salvation where you are embracing the gift of Christmas, would you just look up at me and allow me to make eye contact with you? If today is your day, this is your moment, would you just look up at me and allow me to make eye contact with you? You're at a point in your life where you're making that decision. I'd love to be a pastor to you. I'd love to talk with you more. Encourage you however I may. Let us pray. And then we'll have our time of singing. Father, we thank you so much for who you are. We thank you for your goodness, for your love. We thank you for your mercy. And we thank you, Lord, that because the word became flesh, nothing's ever the same. That whenever you came, you divided time and half. The world changed forever because of you. And that's what we celebrate this Christmas. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. In Jesus' name that we sing. In Jesus' name that we worship. Amen.